No, I'm playing Mugunga. Someone play Cartels. You want to play? Jai Rata Matovo Kunja Bihari Rata Matovo Kunja Bihari Gopi Janna Balaba Girivara Dari Gopi Janna Balaba Girivara Dari Yashodanandana Brajjanaranjana Yashodanandana Brajjanaranjana Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jayo Radha Motovo Kunja Bihari Jayo Radha Motovo Kunja Bihari Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivara Dari Jaya Gopi Janna Vallabha Girivara Dari Yashodanandana Brajjanaranjana Yashodanandana Brajjanaranjana Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jamuna Tira 
Jamuna Tira Vonachari Jayorata Motovo Kunja Bihari Motovo Kunja Bihari Jayom Vishnupad, Paramahamsa Paragrajikachara, Ashtatara Sata Shishimad, His Divine Grace, AC Bhakti Vedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada. Anantakoti Vaishnava Brindiki, Grantara Shima Bhagavatam Ki, Jainitai Go Premanandi. O glories the assembled devotees, O glories the assembled devotees, O glories the assembled devotees, O glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Narayanam namaskritya naram cheva narottamam devim sarasvatim vyasam tato jayam udirayat Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 7, Chapter entitled What Prahlad Learned in the Womb, Text Number 38 Koti Prayaso Surabhalakahare Upasane sve hridi chidravatsata Swasyatmana sakur asesha dehinam Samanyata kim vishayo papadanai Koti Priyaso Surabhalaka Hare Upasane Sve Hridichi Dredvatsata Swasyatmana Sakura Sesha Dehinam Samanyata kim vishayo papadanai Koti priyaso surabhalaka hare Upasane sve hridichi dravatsata Swasyatmana Sakyur Asesha Dehinam 
Samanyata kim vishayo papadanai Atiprayasa, <coughs> difficult endeavor. Asura Balaka, or sons of demons. Hare, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Upasane, in discharging the devotional service. 
Sway in one's own. Hridi, core of the heart. Chidravat, just like the space. Sataha, who always exists. Swasya, of oneself or of the living entity. Atmanaha, of the super soul. Sakyu, of the well-wishing friend. Asesha, unlimited. Dehinam, of the embodied souls. Samanyata, generally. Kim, what, is the need. Vishaya Upadadanai with activities delivering the objects of the senses for sense enjoyment. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> oh my friends, sons of the Asuras, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is his super, in his super soul feature always exists within the cause of the hearts of the living entities. Indeed, he is the well-wisher and friend of all living entities, and there is no difficulty in worshipping the Lord. Why then should people not engage in his devotional service? Why are they so addicted to unnecessarily producing artificial paraphernalia for sense gratification? Translation responsibly. Oh my friends, sons of the Asuras, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, in his super soul feature, always exists within the cause of the hearts of all living entities. Indeed, he is the well-wisher and friend of all living entities. And there is no difficulty in worshipping the Lord. Why then should people not engage in his devotional service? Why are they so addicted to unnecessarily producing artificial paraphernalia for sense gratification? Purport. Because the personality of Godhead is supreme, no one is equal to him, and no one is greater than him. Nonetheless, if one is a devotee of the supreme personality of Godhead, the Lord is easily obtainable. The Lord is compared to the sky because the sky is vast, yet within the reach of all, <coughs> uh, not, only, not only of human beings, but even of the animals. The supreme Lord, in his Paramatma feature, exists as the best well-wisher and friend. As confirmed in the Vedas, Sayujo Sakayo, the Lord, in his personal feature, always stays in the heart along with the living entity. The Lord is so friendly to the living entity that he remains within the heart so that one can always contact him without difficulty. One can do this simply by devotional service, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasevanam. As soon as one hears of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna Kirtan, 
One immediately comes in touch with the Lord. A devotee immediately comes in touch with the Lord by any or all of the items of devotional service. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasham, Sakyam, Atman, Nivedanam. Therefore, one, there is no difficulty in coming in contact with the Supreme Lord. Koti Prayasa. On the other hand, going to hell requires great endeavor. If one wants to go to hell by illicit sex, meat-eating, gambling, and intoxication, he must acquire so many things. For illicit sex, he must arrange the money for brothels. For meat-eating, he must arrange for, nasty, uh, for many slaughterhouses. For gambling, he must arrange for casinos and hotels. And for intoxication, he must open many breweries. Clearly, therefore, if one wants to go to hell, he must endeavor very much. But if he wants to return home back to Godhead, there is no difficult endeavor. <coughs> to go back to Godhead, one may live alone anywhere, in any condition, and simply sit down, meditate upon the super soul and chant and hear about the Lord. Thus there is no difficulty in approaching the Lord. Adanta gobiya vishatam tamishram because of inability to control the senses, one must go through great endeavor to go to hell. But if one is sensible, he can easily, very easily, obtain the favor of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, because the Lord is always with him. By the simple method of Shravanam Kiritanam Vishnu, the Lord is satisfied. Indeed, the Lord says, Patram Pushpam Falam Toyam Yome Bhakcha Prayachchahati Tadaham Bhakchupahritam Ashnami Prayatatmanaha. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, I will accept it. Bhagavad Gita 9.26 one can meditate upon the Lord anywhere and everywhere. Thus, Prahlad Maharaj advised his friends, the sons of the demons, to take this path of back home, back to Godhead, without difficulty. Amagyan timidandasya genanjana shalakaya chakshurin militam jena tasmai shri gurave namaha. Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadam Ayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vancha Kalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Petitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. <coughs> so Prabhupada's purports in this section are very long, uh, which is significant uh, because, you know, whenever Prabhupada's giving long purports, that means that uh, the section is significant and it's important. I mean, all the sections are significant and, and important. But when Prabhupada's doing that, then you know we have to pay special attention. Uh, it is said, I've heard followers of Prabhupada say that 
Prabhupada's favorite devotee or his favorite section of uh, the Bhagavatam was this section, uh, the pastimes of Prahlad Maharaj and the teachings of Prahlad Maharaj. And actually you see that Prabhupada lectured uh, when he sat down to lecture on the Bhagavatam because in many of the temples when Prabhupada was going, you know, they weren't very established in their Bhagavatam classes, you know. But if Prabhupada had to choose which section, then he would most often go to the, uh, the seventh canto uh, and the, this section with Prahlad Maharaja's teachings and his pastimes. So devotees have said that Prahlad Maharaj was Prabhupada's favorite devotee in the sense that he was always uh, discussing from this section. So it's a very significant section. And it's a very important section because who appears in this section? Uh, Nishringadev. And Rupa Goswami explains to us in the uh, Lagu Bhagavatam Rita uh, that there are uh, incarnations of the Lord who are said to be uh, like Purna or complete. Uh, do you remember the exact Sanskrit he gives for you know those particular incarnations? Ram, Nishringa. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it's also uh, sometimes described as being Purna. Uh, obviously, there is Krishna. Hey, you kids. Hey, you have to settle down a little bit. <laughs> uh, uh, Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, which means he is the complete personality of Godhead uh, in totality. He's the original form of God. And then uh, from Krishna, there are various incarnations. And it is said that Lord Ramachandra and Nisringadev, they are also said to be Purna, which means they show a complete manifestation of the opulence of God. Uh, so they're special, you know, Krishna, Lord Ram, and uh, Nisringadev. And then we add to that we can add Lord, Lord Chaitanya, because Lord Chaitanya is non-different, and obviously Lord Nichananda, <laughs> because Balaram is also equal. So if, if you take that group, they are said to be like the complete manifestation. And then the other incarnations, they don't show as much of the opulence of God, uh, as much of the sweetness, as much of the, the potency and the power. Uh, but in this section, Nisringadev appears, so it's a very significant section. And it's very famous, and a lot of devotees, for a lot of devotees, their favorite uh, form of God is Nishringadev, you know, for obvious reasons, because he's so powerful, and he's so fierce, and he's overwhelming. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're naturally attracted to him. I mean, imagine if we walked out now and you saw, you know, an 18-foot or an 18-meter or one-kilometer high half-man, half-lion form. You know, he takes these hu this huge form and it's so powerful, it's so overwhelming and attractive, uh, that, that, fear, that personality of Godhead. Uh, he, Nisringadev, Ugra Nisringa, when we see him in the Bhagavatam, when he first comes out of the pillar, like in Mayapur, uh, that is Ugra Nisringa, like just jumping out of the pillar. Uh, that particular form is like the sum total of God's anger. You know, imagine when you get angry, like the angriest you've ever been in your life, if you think of your most angry time, right? That's nothing compared to when the Shringadev gets angry. Uh, when God gets angry, he becomes half man, half lion, and it's, it's fearsome, right? 
If we saw that, because we, we see at the end of the pastime, the demigods can't even go near him. You know, because they're so, so overwhelmed. The devatas, when they, after they've seen the Shrino, we can't approach him, he's so powerful. Actually, it says in the Chaitanya Bhagavat that uh, millions of Nishringadevs are like one speck of dust at the lotus feet of Lord Nityananda. So that shows how powerful Lord Nityananda is, how powerful Balaram is. Because even Nishringadevs, they're just like specks of dust, right? Compared to the power of Nityananda Prabhu, of Lord Balaram, and then ultimately of Krishna. Krishna is the most powerful. Uh, as Prabhupada said, Lord, uh, Lord Balaram is leaning on Krishna's shoulder. So Prabhupada said, that proves that Krishna is the most powerful. Uh, Krishna is so powerful that even Balaram, when the Brahma Vimohan Leela was taking place, even Balaram didn't know what was going on. That shows how powerful Krishna is. Now, he's the original form. This is all explained in the Laghu Bhagavatam Rita. So that's why this uh, section of the Bhagavatam is very significant, very powerful. And Prabhupada would lecture on this more than any other place in Bhagavatam. Uh, interesting, if you look at what the, the, the verses and the sections uh, that Prabhupada chose to lecture on the most, it's, it's significant actually. You know, we see that this was the part of the Bhagavatam that Prabhupada chose to speak on the most when he had his own choice. And then if you go to the Bhagavad Gita, which verse did Prabhupada speak on the most? If you look at the lectures, uh, all of Prabhupada's Gita lectures, which one was the, the one he spoke the most? Uh, it's actually 9-1. 7 one's number two, the second most popular. Yeah, 9-1 was the, the most popular. Uh, or I could be wrong, it could be the other way around, but I think it's 9-1. But you could be right, it could be 7-1. Seven, 7-1? Seven, Okay, yeah, it is 7-1, yeah. Yeah, 7-1 was the most, and then 9-1 was the, the second most. Uh, so, it's significant uh, that when Prabhupada would sit down and speak, and if it was his choice, then he would open to 7-1, which is the first verse of the bhakti section of the, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, which means... Uh, Krishna speaks about asakti, uh, asakti is what we are aiming for in devotional service. It means to become attached to Krishna. Uh, why do we have to become attached to Krishna? What's that? Okay, different conversation. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but why? And what's the problem with that? But do you like it here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the nature of the soul is a sakti. The, the nature of the soul is to have attachment. We're all attached. Everyone's attached. Right? We're attached to things in this world. Right? You know, we're, we're some, sometimes we're attached to very insignificant things or embarrassing things. You know, if we told each other what we're actually attached to, We'd, say, we'd all look at each other and say, really? You're, you're actually attached to that? But if then if I told you what I'm attached to, you'd look at me and say, really? You're attached to that? No, we're attached to the most...
use your own voice. <laughs> like that. Uh, but we have such high quality uh, members of our Brahmachari ashram that they instantaneously uh, produce microphones that work uh, with mystic power, empowered by Krishna himself. Krishna Shakti Veena. Uh, without Krishna's potency, you cannot do anything. So the Brahmacharis are so powerful that immediately they can manifest a microphone that works. Uh, this, is, this is Shakti. This is energy. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> if we don't become attached to Krishna, we'll become attached to something in this world. We're all attached. That's the nature of the soul to be attached. Uh, but now we have to withdraw the attachments. That, that's the process of yoga. Uh, and yoga has uh, eight levels. Uh, and uh, the fifth level, what is the fifth level called? We go from yama, niyama, asana, uh, pranayama, and then we get to prachahara. What does prachahara mean? <coughs> prachahara means we withdraw the senses from the sense objects. That's part of the yoga system. We're yogis, we're bhakti yogis, or we're trying to be bhakti yogis. So that's part of our system. Our system is to withdraw our senses from the uh, sense objects, which means uh, asakti, uh, asakti means uh, attachment. We have to, uh, in devotional service, we have to endeavor to withdraw our attachment to material things, external things, and internalize and focus our attachment to Krishna. Uh, that's part of our process. No, we have to do like that. We have to withdraw. So sometimes that's mechanical. We have to do it mechanically. Like we know we have the attachment, but we also know we have to withdraw uh, our, or we have to mechanically withdraw ourselves from that attachment. Right? That's part of what, what brahmacharya is. Now, when you're a brahmachari, you know many of us here were brahmacharis. You know, I'm very fortunate today. I have my brahmachari leaders uh, with me, Shanti Prabhu. Uh, he, when I joined, he was my leader as a brahmacharya and pranaprabhu, they're my senior brahmacharya. We're all brahmacharyas together, right? And Vishnu Priya Madhaji, uh, when I joined, she was already married, but she was brahmacharini, all right? So why do we practice brahmacharya? You know, I practiced for a number of years. We all practiced for a number of years uh, because we're withdrawing our senses from the sense objects. Why, right? To uh, reduce the attachment to the material things. And then it gets to a point in your brahmachari uh, existence where you may have to uh, enter the grihasta ashram. So there's a type of brahmachari which is called upakravana. Upakravana brahmachari, which means he knows he's going to get married, or they know they're going to get married, you know, brahmachari, brahmacharini, but they're practicing, right? Controlling their senses, right? And practicing so that at some point in time, they can then... Uh, uh, learn to control the senses. And if you can learn to control the senses, then when you enter Grihasta Ashram, right, when there's many distractions and attachments around you, then you have control of your senses. I know for myself, my brahmachari training, it still carries me now. You know, everything I learned and the discipline that we learned at that point in time, it carries you in devotional service for the rest of your life, your Grihasta journey. Uh, most devotees will go, go into Grihasta Ashram. Statistically, that's, that's, uh, that's seen. Uh, if, if someone can stay Brahmachari, we bless them uh, and we say, please do it. 
uh, on our behalf. Uh, then we will give you our blessings. <laughs> but for those of us who cannot, but uh, Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur said the Grihasta is actually a Brahmachari Grihasta, or a Grihasta Brahmachari. Right? You're still controlling your senses. It's virtually the same thing, but now you're in contact with the opposite sex. But you have to learn to withdraw and control your senses. That's what spiritual life is about. The first verse of the Upadeshamrita, the nectar of instruction, tells us you have to control the vegans, right? the urges, right? the attachments. Right? We have to control those things. Right? And then uh, that is prachahara. Right? That is the system. So we learn to control our senses. We learn to withdraw our attachments. Uh, and then we can face, face the attraction to, the attachment to, Krishna. And we have to become attached to Krishna. Right? How do you become attached to Krishna? That's the question. Right? Prabhupada, it's actually interesting, this purple is very beautiful. Uh, Prabhupada said actually it's easy to become att attracted to Krishna. It's actually easy. So then that begs the question, why do we find it so difficult? You know, Prabhupada says in this purport, he says, he says several times, it is easy to become att attracted to Krishna. If you want to go to hell, you have to work hard. Not easy to go to hell. Hands up, you want to go to hell. Uh, you want to go to Patala Loka? No, you don't want to go. No. Anyone want to go? It's nice there. No, it's nice. It is. Like, sense gratification there is very good. Very good. First class. Right? The best. You can have anything you want. Right? High levels of sense gratification. You want to go? Well, it's very nice there. Uh, but it's hard work to get there. Prabhupada's saying, if you want to go to hell, you have to work hard. Right? And Prabhupada gives the example, you know, if you want to have illicit sex or intoxication or gambling or meat eating, you know, a lot of effort has to go into it. But he says to go to Krishna, become attached to Krishna, that's easy. Susukam. Uh, uh, joyfully performed and easy, Krishna says within the Bhagavad Gita. So then the question is, why do we find it difficult? Hmm? Because we do. Prabhupada says it's easy and then we think, well, oh my God, OMK, right? I don't find it so easy. No? Does anyone understand what I'm talking about tonight? Anyone? Put your hand up if you find it a little bit difficult. Dorsal service. One person, okay. Everyone else finds it easy? That's good. That's actually good if you find it easy. What's that? I thought you said you find it difficult. Yeah, I was saying. Who, who finds it like that? So the point is that, you know, we're being, we're being honest. We do. We find it, sometimes we find it challenging. Uh, sometimes we find it difficult uh, to practice devotional service, to control the mind, to control the senses, to practice devotional service. Uh, so why is that? Because we're going through, in the nine levels of bhakti, from shraddha to prema, there's a, a large section you have to pass through, which is called anatta nivritti. Right? And when you're going through that, it feels very difficult, because you're removing the anattas, the attachments. And they're very powerful, they're very strong. We've been attached to things for lifetimes. We're not even attached to things we're attached to in this lifetime. There's things in our consciousness that we've been attached to for many lifetimes. So we're removing those anatas. It takes time. And to move from anata nivritti to the next level, which is called nishta. Nishta means steady. You become steady in devotional service. That's what we're aiming for at this point in time. You want to become steady. 
right? Every day, right? You are fixed in your vows. Every day, you are fixed to do your service to Krishna. Right? That is steadiness. Actually, Balaram Prabhu, who was, uh, when we were brahmacharis, then he was the temple president uh, here, he actually asked uh, Prabhupada one time, he said, what is the qualification uh, to take Brahman initiation? Right? He said to Prabhupada, what's the qualification? And Prabhupada said, that, uh, they have to be steady, nishta. So are we on the platform of nishta? We have to look at ourselves. Are we steady? Are we fixed? Uh, it, mean, it doesn't mean that we have to be completely free of anatas to be on the platform of nishta. Right? It is not that you will be 100% free of anatas. It's not that material attachments are not there. But uh, I heard Giriraj Maharaj say one time, it's, it's like you're about 70%. So when you're 70%, you know, it's still there's some anatas there, some attachments are there, some material desires are there, but you don't act on them. Right? They don't disturb you. Uh, they don't overwhelm your consciousness. You don't let them stop your devotional service. That's called nishta, that's steady and fixed. So we have to come to that level. You know? Because as Prabhupada says here, he said, devotional service is easy, actually. But Prabhupada said it is simple for the simple and complicated for the complicated. So if you want to make it easy, it's easy. Devotional service is easy. If you want to make it difficult, it can be difficult also. It depends whether we cultivate attachment to our material desires. You know? One time, uh, many years ago, someone asked uh, my, my Guru Maharaj, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, they said, uh, uh, why is it that devotees leave ISKCON? Hmm? I've noticed it doesn't happen so much these days. It's not like in the past. I remember when you know, we, we joined and devotees would just disappear sometimes. <laughs> you just wouldn't see them. It's like people would just leave and you just wouldn't see them. It's like, where did they go? <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen so much now. And the reason it doesn't happen so much now because there's more emphasis on education. There's more emphasis on hearing and chanting. Back then, in the early days of ISKCON, the emphasis on hearing and chanting wasn't as strong sometimes. Devotees do lots of service, but they weren't hearing and chanting sufficiently about Krishna. So some, one devotee, he asked Tamal Krishnamaraj, he said, why? Uh, do people leave ISKCON? And isn't it interesting, Tamar Krishnamurti gave the answer, he said, uh, because they're not sufficiently attached to Krishna. Because uh, when you're attached to Krishna, you can't, you can't leave. Right? You can't leave, because you're attached. You can't leave someone you're attached to. When you're attached to someone, you can't leave them. Uh, if you're attached to particular devotees, you can't leave those devotees. If you're attached to particular family members, you can't leave. Right? Attachment is a very powerful thing. Right? So when we're attached to Krishna, we can't leave Krishna. Uh, we'll stay with Krishna no matter what. Right? We'll always be with Krishna. So we have to become attached to him. Right? And how do you become attached to him? Right? By serving him. And how do you serve him? Right. Prahlad Maharaj gives uh, nine different ways to serve him. Shravanam, you can hear about him. Kirtanam, you can glorify him. Vishnu Smaranam, you can remember him. Padasevanam, you can serve his feet. Right. There are so many different ways that we can serve Krishna. And then Rupa Goswami, he took those nine ways 
and then he expanded them into 64 ways. Uh, you want to serve Krishna? Hands up, you want to serve Krishna. You want to say? Okay. <coughs> Rupa Goswami says, here's 64 ways that you can serve Krishna. You read chapter 6 of the Nectar of Devotion. Right? So many ways you can serve him. Right? And then when you serve someone, what happens? You become attached to them. Right? When you hear about Krishna, right, you become attached to him. Right? And then we can meditate on him. So we have to hear about him. We, we should know Krishna. He should be the person we know the best in this world, the most in this world. What color is his hair? Hmm? Black. Uh, why is his hair black? Because he's from India. <laughs> and everyone's hair is black in India. Okay. So what sort of black is it? What sort of black? Huh? It's described. What's the description? What sort of black? Huh? Has reddish tinge. Huh? Like in Dhammadarashtika we read. Right? Reddish tinge. Like, have you seen sometimes in India? Sometimes people have black hair but there's like a reddish tinge coming off. Sometimes in other places it says that it has a bluish tinge coming off it. And both are there. Okay. So then how long is his hair? How long is Krishna's hair? Huh? It depends how old he is. Right? When he's Komara age, it sits on his shoulders. When he's Poganda age, it goes halfway down his back. And when he's Kaishora age, which is what he is in the spiritual world eternally, he's only Kaishora. There's no Poganda Krishna or Komara Krishna in the spiritual world, in Goloka. But in uh, the spiritual world, uh, he is Kaishori. His hair goes to all the way down his back, to the very bottom of his back. Uh, he has long hair. Hmm? Why does he have long hair? What's that? Because he's beautiful. Now, what do we call someone who has beautiful long hair? Uh, we call him Keshava. <laughs> uh, Keshava. Uh, that's his name, Keshava, one who has beautiful long hair. Uh, and my Guru Maharaj gave me that name and he said, do you like that name? And I said, yes, I like that name. It's a very beautiful name, Keshava. Uh, Keshava Das, servant of the one who has very beautiful hair. And his hair goes all the way down. The gopis, uh, they speak, Rupa Goswami writes the Keshavashtika. Keshavashtika. <coughs> the Keshavashtika describes the gopis seeing Krishna when he comes back uh, from the cowherd fields at the end of the day. And you know, he has his beautiful long hair. They're very attached to his hair. Everyone's attached to his hair. You see in Gora Leela, when Lord Chaitanya shaved his hair off when he took sannyas, everyone was very upset. Uh, there's no pastime where Krishna shaves his hair off because everyone would be very upset. <coughs> so he has that long, very long, beautiful hair. Because uh, he's a free spirit. Our Lord is a free spirit. Uh, uh, sometimes Mother Yashoda, in the morning when they're going out to herd the cows, Mother Yashoda, she says to Balaram, she says, look after him. He's Dalji. He's the older brother, so he looks after Krishna. She says, look after him. Uh, and then Krishna, he becomes a bit, a bit upset. He says, I am the leader of the cow herd boys. I am the leader. 
Uh, you're telling Balaram to look after me. I am the leader. Uh, that's why he has his long hair. He's like very free spirit. He's very, he just likes to enjoy. Uh, so he has that very beautiful long hair. Mm. What color are his eyes? Hmm? What color? Uh, Krishna's eyes. Hmm? Have you seen him lately? Uh, he's, uh, dark brown. Dark brown. Very beautiful eyes. Shaped like a lotus petals. Very beautiful. And dark brown. And Shimati Radharani, her eyes are dark blue. Uh, sometimes you see, like the Gujarati people, and the, you know, they've, they're Indian body, they have the beautiful uh, golden skin, beautiful black hair. Most Indian, like 99% of Indian people have brown eyes, but they occasionally get someone who's like green or blue. Oh, it's so beautiful, so striking. You know, when I'm, sometimes we do parikram around Govardhan Hill, and, and you go past a group of the Gujarati Matajis, and they're all singing and doing their parikram, and then you see one of them, you see one of them, and you know, blue or green eyes, just striking, so beautiful. Uh, that's what Radharani's eyes are like. Uh, she's so beautiful, she's the most beautiful. But her eyes are like dark blue, just striking, captivating. Uh, in the morning, when she gets mm, dressed by her maidservants, she looks at herself in the mirror, and she says, no one is as beautiful as me. No one is as beautiful as me. But she's not saying in a proud way. She's saying, no one is as beautiful as me. All of this beauty is for Krishna's pleasure. Uh, that is Radharani's conception. No ego. But she looks, she said, no one is. That's why she wants him to be with her. Because she said, why should he be with someone else? No one else can satisfy him like I can. So he's better he comes with me. That's why when Krishna is with another gopi, Radharani becomes very upset. She goes into man. You know, sometimes she goes off and she won't talk to Krishna and she becomes very upset. Yeah. Why does she do that? Because uh, she knows he's better to be with me. And then she'll make him come back to her. Right? And he has to go through, sometimes he has to dress up as a manjari to get back to Radharani. He has to dress up like a girl because he can't get in any other way. So he dresses up as a manjari. And then he goes to where Radharani is, uh, like at, uh, uh, in uh, Vashana, up on the hill. Manga, uh, the place where Radharani does man, uh, where she gets, gets angry. And then Krishna, he tries to get there, and then all the manjaris, all the gopis, they won't let Krishna approach. So he has to dress up as a Mandri, and then he arrives, and they say, who are you? We never saw you before. He says, I am Nava Mandri. Nava Mandri means the new Mandri. I said, well, where are you from? And I said, oh, Mathura. Huh? What do you do? Oh, my father is a barber. Huh? So I know how to decorate the nails, and I can do all the services, no problem. I want to serve some, I want to do some service for Brishabhanu Nandini. Oh, okay, come. Nava Mandri comes in. And then... Shimata Radharani is lying on the chase lounge, you know, like in Prabhupada's room. You know, there's chase lounge. Prabhupada used to sit on that. So she's lying down like that. And then they say, okay, you can do some service. So he starts to massage the feet. As soon as this Navamandri starts massaging the feet of Radharani, then 
Shimadi Radharani immediately, she knows who this is. Uh, when she feels the touch, oh, this is not ordinary. So she allows the massage to continue. And then after some time she says, Lalita, Vishaka, we need to give some reward to this Nava Manjuri, this new Manjuri. I think we'll give her a new set of clothes. So Nava Manjuri stands up and says, I have to go now. Hmm? I have to go. So he starts walking out and says, no, 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 stay, we'll give you a new set. So all the gopis, they grab Nava Manjuri. Uh, and Radharani says, undress her. And she says, no, 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 no. And he says, no, it's okay, we're all ladies, no problem. No, 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 please, I need to go. No, we will undress you. And so they start taking all the clothes off. And then the bodhis, the choli, they unbutton the choli, and they pull it, and two big mangoes fall out. <laughs> right? And then everyone laughs. And then Radharani, her man is broken. Her jealous anger is broken. And then Krishna falls down onto the feet of Radharani and bathes her feet in his tears. Uh, so this is uh, the, uh, in Vrindavan, this is the love which is there between Radha and Krishna. Mm. So Radharani, she has these beautiful blue eyes, uh, but sometimes they become very angry, uh, jealous anger. Uh, and Krishna has very beautiful brown eyes. Uh, and the whites of their eyes, the corner of their eyes, they're always pinkish always pinkish, like a lotus flower, white, but pinkish, because everyone in the spiritual world is constantly crying. Uh, you'll know when you're in the spiritual world because everyone there will be crying, right? You know when, you're, when you feel strong emotion, like when you're seeing someone you haven't seen for a long time or they're going, and then your eyes become moist? So in the spiritual world, it's like that all the time. So everyone has these pinkish eyes. So Krishna has like pinkish eyes, uh, like the lotus flower. So we have to know, if we want to become attached to Krishna and to Srimati Radharani and all the, the, the devotees, then we have to know about them. No? That's how we develop attachment. We have to hear about them. And by hearing about them, then we'll become attached. And when you become attached to Krishna, then you won't be attached to anything in this material world. Because hmm? Maya is very powerful. Krishna says, Mama Maya Durachaya. Uh, it is very powerful, this material energy. Maya is strong. Right? It can take any of us like that. Maya is very powerful. It's Krishna's energy. So the only way you can overcome Maya, you have to become attached to Krishna. No? That's what the Bhagavad Gita is teaching. So we'll stop here. We'll see if there's any questions or comments on anything. We discussed, yeah. Gauranga. <coughs> Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Thank you for the class, it was really nice. <coughs> I wanted to ask, um, what, what color is Radharani's skin? Because obviously she's white here. But what, what color is her, her skin in the spiritual world? Uh, when we say the pranam man mantra for Radharani, we say tapta kancha, kanchana gaurangi. Uh, gaura angi. Angi means her limbs. Uh, gaura 
the color of uh, gold. So it is said like molten gold. Uh, have you seen molten gold? Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So you know when they melt the gold yes. and it's hot and it glows? Yeah. Yeah, that's her color, something like that. Yeah. Golden and like glowing, like a very mm, lustrous yeah. uh, color. Yeah, it almost glistens, doesn't it? The yeah. molten gold, yeah. yeah. Come shiny. Yeah. Thank and you. Krishna also glows. Krishna glows in the dark. That's his Brahma Jyoti. Because sometimes in Brindavan, uh, you know, he's always being accused of stealing uh, the neighbor's things. Because in the old days, they didn't have fridges. You know, you keep your boga in the fridge. But in the old days, they had cool rooms. So in the center of the, the house, there was a room which was dark and no sunshine could get there. And that's where they would keep the foodstuffs. And they last one day or two days just because, you know, it was cool. So Krishna used to go and steal things from there. You know, when he used to steal the butter and, you know, muck and chore and those pastimes. And then the gopis, the elder gopis, sometimes they come to Mother shoulder and said, he comes into our house, he steals things. And she said, how could he? Like, it's dark in there. How could he do that? And they said, no, no, he glows. Like, he's self-illuminated. When he goes in, everything lights up, and then he takes whatever he wants. And uh, So they have this natural glow in the spiritual world. Everyone has it. Everyone has a glowing body. One day, we'll, we'll have a glowing body also. Like that. But Krishna's body glows the most. Because it is full of shakti. Because... What is the Brahma Jyoti? The Brahma Jyoti, the spiritual light which comes from Krishna, it is his Shakti, his energies. And there are 16 principal Shaktis, uh, which emanate from Krishna's body, his potency. Uh, so when we go to the spirit, we also have some Shakti, but not, not to the level of Krishna. Uh, just like you know the pastime of Agasura? You know Agasura? The snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I thought I was. I'm thinking of Kaliya. Yeah. Aga, yeah, he's a different one. Kaliya had many hoods. Aga was a big snake. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Krishna yeah. and the cowboys ran into his mouth like that. So in the commentary for that particular pastime, uh, the Acharyas say that uh, the cowboy boys all ran in to his mouth and then Krishna became fearful uh, due to the influence of Yogamaya that he thought, and then all the cowboy boys thought, Krishna has to come and save us, but the Acharyas point out each one of the cowherd boys was so powerful, they had so much power themselves, they could have destroyed Agasura by themselves. But they always think, oh, Krishna will save us. So Krishna went in and then he ex expanded himself and suffocated uh, Agasura. But in the spiritual world, you have a glowing body also. But we're attached to staying in this material world with bodies that do not glow and they smell a little bit. Okay, any other questions or comments? Do you mind if I ask you one more question? Yeah. Um, excuse me, but you know when you mentioned the Brahma Jyoti and we say that the Brahma Jyoti is coming from Krishna's body, which body of Krishna is it coming from? All these bodies, all these bodies are the same. So is it literally? Uh, is it is the Brahma Jyoti literally coming from Krishna's bodies? Yeah, yeah. He, all of his forms, any Vishnu form, that's where the Brahma Jyoti is coming from. But the original form, obviously, that's where it's emanating from, 
you could say first, but uh, all of Nasringadev uh, glows, everyone has this Brahma Jyoti. So is it like saying, you know, the spiritual world in itself is obviously glowing, which is Krishna's body, and then that's the Brahma Jyoti in between here and the spiritual world? It means, if you look at the first canto of the Bhagavatam, you're on the, the first canto and there's the Goloka planet, which yeah. is the largest planet, and then there's all the Vaikuntha planets, and then in between the planets there is the glow, so that's yeah. coming from the, the forms of the Lord. Oh, okay, cool, nice, thank you. Yeah. Cool, that's good. You have a question? Thank you for the wonderful class, Prabhuji. Uh, my question was, you said um, <coughs> Krishna is covered by Yoga Maya, um, when he said, you said he is fearful, um, does he know he is covered by yoga man at that time or he is like... He doesn't think like that because if Krishna is in the middle of the pastime and then yoga maya covers him and he forgets that he's God and he thinks all oh, my friends just ran into the mouth of Agasura but then he thinks to himself, oh, no, it's okay, it's just yoga maya covering me like that, you know, I'm not really, uh, I'm actually the Supreme Lord and it's not much fun. So when, he, when he's covered, uh, he's mok data, which means he completely forgets. Otherwise, how could he have the pastime? Yeah. And it says that uh, Krishna's pastimes are always fresh. So how are they fresh? Because he forgets that he did, the, he did that thing the day before. Right? So every time he does it, it feels like it's a new pastime. It feels like, oh, this, this is happening for the first time. Yeah. Otherwise, if he did the same pastime, if Mother Yashoda was chasing him, right, to catch him, to tie him up to the, the grinding mortar, and he thinks, yeah, okay, we did this one million times already, I know what happens, yeah, she gets me, and then, uh, like, then it's no fun, is it? So then he has to forget everything. So that's called Mokdata. And then Savagya means he knows everything, but Yogamaya facilitates that he forgets everything. Does it make sense? Thank you. Okay. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the nice class. Prabhuji, you mentioned in the start how attaining Krishna is easy. But I've also had in Prabhupada's lectures that to attain Krishna we need to do intense bhakti. Like we shouldn't waste even one moment. But sometimes we get the feeling like why are we doing so much bhakti? We like the enthusiasm in it. We like the intensity in it. So how to understand. So what's the question? How do we understand this? Understand? I don't understand. What's the question? So, um, so Prabhupada mentions in his lecture yeah. how it's easy. Um, yeah. it's easy and we have to do intense bhakti. Yeah. To, um, we shouldn't waste one moment. But sometimes when we're doing bhakti, we get the feeling like we're like, um, we ask ourselves why are we doing so much bhakti. We lack the enthusiasm and the intensity in bhakti. So the question is why do we lack enthusiasm? Yeah. Is that the question? Uh, yeah, we lack enthusiasm because we're still attached to Maya. We're still attached to the material world. That's why sometimes we lack enthusiasm. <laughs> but when we become spontaneously attracted to Krishna, then uh, we'll always be enthusiastic. That's the symptom of an advanced devotee. An advanced devotee is always enthusiastic to serve Krishna. Like Prabhupada. Prabhupada was always enthusiastic. That's, so we should also become like that. When someone says, do you want to do service? We said, yes, I want to do service. Like that. We should always be enthusiastic. Is that okay? Thank you, Prabhupada. Any other questions? 
Okay. Oh, one there. Okay. Just can you pass the microphone? Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for the wonderful class. I would like to ask you, what's the meaning of bhakta? Because uh, as we know, uh, for the new devotee, sometimes we call them bhakta, this bhakta. But Prahlad Maharaj, since from his, uh, his baby, uh, why do, do we call bhakta Prahlad? Why do we call Bhakta Prahlad? Yeah. yeah, as we know that for new devotee, they, we call them Bhakta or the, the one who doesn't get yeah. initiated, we call them Bhakta, yeah. Bak, like Bhakta, John, Bhakta. Yeah. And so I would like to make sure what is the meaning of Bhakta? Yeah, well, literally, Bhakta means devotee. Uh, one who has Bhakti, Bhakti means devotion. One who has, bak, uh, who has Bhakti is called a Bhakta. Uh, a devotee. So, you know, we say devotees, all the devotees. Uh, but it means all the, in Sanskrit, say all the bhaktas, all the devotees. Uh, so, that, that's the meaning, literally. So, when we say like bhakta so and so or bhakta, like there's all bhaktin so and so, that's because we're, they're not initiated yet. So, we're saying the devotee who is like that. Does it make sense? Or? Is that what you're asking? Or? Yeah, that's what it means. So, is that what you're asking? I was just a bit confused. Uh, we address new devotee as bhakta, but Prahlad Maharaj, since he's from his womb, he's yeah, he was already devoted. But uh, when when people say bhakta Prahlad, they mean the devotee Prahlad. Mm -hmm. Literally, that's what it means. Oh, okay. I did hear one sannyasi say many years ago that <clears throat> you know at the end of the uh, Nasringa prayers, we say uh, Jaya. Prahlad Maharaj, and sometimes we say Jaya Bhakta Prahlad. I heard one sannyasi one time, he said we should not address him Bhakta Prahlad. We should say Prahlad Maharaj. That's what I heard. But many devotees do say it, particularly in Mayapur, they always say Bhakta Prahlad. Like that. So it mean, literally it means the devotee Prahlad. That's what it means, literally. Whether it's correct or incorrect, I'm not sure. But like that. Thank okay. you. Any other questions? Okay, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Yeah.